0: Greetings. This is Atma Boda. This is podcast number 86. And today is April 23rd, 2022. And as our guest, our special guest today, we've got Sam. He's got quite the story to tell. He seems to come from a very interesting background. And most specifically, what caught my attention was he, he asserted that he not only fasted for six months, on no food but only water but the last two months of this fast he didn't even drink anything not water nothing and as we all know science regards this feat as an impossibility and however you know sam claims to have survived for two months with no water and i'm really impressed if especially this is true and so with that introduction, greetings, Sam. Hi, how are you? Awesome, awesome. Yeah, nice to meet you. And, um, we we spoke earlier before the podcast began. Um, but just for our listeners here, you look like a young guy. And um, what did you say your age was again?
1: So I'm 20.
2: Hmm.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about
2: yourself?
1: um my name's sam i grew up in east tennessee lived here all my life uh i just consider myself from the mountains because i've always lived in the appalachian mountains uh i am an avid psychonaut i am uh, a shamanic practitioner a chaos magician um I've been initiated into occult sciences through a bunch of various things. I'm just 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 a researcher. Um, interesting, interesting.
0: And just to kind of go directly into the meat of this, what initiated the idea that you wanted to go on this extended fast?
1: So. I guess um initially it was to test something that was actually <laughs> that was actually uh told to me by I guess it was just more of a just something I noticed, I guess, over time. I should probably mention that I remember like I have an almost eidetic memory. Um I remember when you say
0: eidetic, what is that what do you mean by that?
1: Like uh I, I've over time and over a very long time, I've developed the ability to like store my thoughts in a way that I can go back and look at them. And mm-hmm. um, so I I th- I think really it's it's I think it would be diagnosed as autism probably by the medical community, but it's just a a really and it's just a really interesting way to remember things. Um, some people call it like a mind palace where you can just like look through, but because of this, the way I remember things, like I remember a lot. Uh, um, like into other lives that I've had, like into the past lives, and looking into past lives and like doing regressions through meditation and stuff. I've seen lives where, um, I didn't have to eat and stuff like I did here and drink like I did here. Um, like in certain societies, uh, we didn't have to consume things. And there, it almost seemed like it was a matter of belief. And that's that's kind of what all my occult research led to was realizing that everything is just a matter of belief. It's whatever we choose to believe is how our reality functions. So it was it was a way to test that theory <clears throat> in a way that I thought practical. And I've been a vegan most of my life. Um, I've not really eaten that much meat. It's just like nuts and uh, fruit and stuff. A lot of like juice. Um, so I-, I talked to like some of my friends and um, like some of the magicians I've known. And they said it was like we- we've we looked over text and, and whatnot. And it-, it seems completely possible. There's tons of reports that... <laughs> Have mostly been, you know, if if you if you were to look uh like in the in the internet, have just been completely debunked according to science. But um, there's plenty of people that have fasted for extended periods of time and been fine for years, even. Same thing with not drinking. There's been people that have just completely fasted from everything for. Well, for certainly years. there
0: are stories of yogis in the Himalayas, and they've living out in these caves and surviving these long winters with no food and no water. But I guess there's not been scientific evidence that these stories are, are true.
1: And I guess this is where you have to um, look past science and just take everything that you read as a fact. Everything that I read, I take it as it has been a fact at some point. I don't, I take everything I see at face value, and um, just because of just the experience I've had, um, like looking into past lives and stuff, so it all seems legitimate. And I tested it when I was eighteen, and I went uh, for months without food or water. And okay, let's fine. go back to, to when you're eighteen. Now, where did this happen? If I may ask. Um it happened it's actually at the I, I mean where did it happen like at, at my house <laughs> at your <laughs> I house. Guess what I-
0: okay so you, so um you don't live alone i think from what you told me earlier is that correct
2: live alone hmm? you do live alone yeah. okay okay and so you
0: your friends or family they didn't know you were doing this, or did anybody know besides you?
1: Um no, because I, I live alone. Um they don't yeah, I live I live with my grandparents. I mean, I don't live with them. We live in separate houses because we live on a large piece of property, but I cook my own meals and everything. And I just kind of I'm I'm by myself most of the time. So your
0: grandparents live on the same property, but they didn't notice you weren't eating for six months?
1: I mean they yeah I I mean like they just they don't, they don't really come in my house. I never mm. really felt the need to tell them or anything.
0: <laughs> okay, interesting. Interesting. I mean and I'm not saying this because I'm trying to cast doubt on your story. I'm just I'm trying to understand the uh, the specifics of, you know, the circumstance of of the situation. Because um yeah, so so here you are. You're living on a property. It sounds like it's pretty big.
1: It's very big. It's probably uh, over 400 acres. Swears. Four, 400 acres. It's a very large piece of land. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, um, tell us about your your experience and what happened during those six months. I'm I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated.
1: Well, I guess the thing is is you have to wean yourself off of um like food you can't just go cold turkey because I feel like it's it's a it is a matter of belief, but it, you literally have to wean yourself off certain belief systems and what it comes down to is overriding the objective reality with your own subjective reality I, I honestly consider it like reality hacking in a sense in that you're I I, I have a lot of questions about it spiritually because what I, what I came to find out is that like the path this leads down to is, is that like you can effectively become almost immortal in the sense that you don't age like you should. And a lot of the stories you hear like in old times about vampires and like witches and wizards living for a long time come from this path that you can take where, Um. Yeah, you just you don't age correctly. They they call you a vampire, so that's why I stopped doing it. But all I experienced was um. Uh, a little bit of energy loss. Like you kind of you know, at first you're over over the first course you're just kind of slower than you would think, but Mm. as you go through it, um, you you feel normal. You you're sleeping as normal. Mm. You even you even kind of have almost like a. like a boost in, uh, in your thought process, I feel like you you feel a little bit sharper when you're not eating.
0: Okay. Well, just to be clear, I have no dispute that it's possible to fast with no food for six months. I mean, it's been done before. I think there was a big fat guy who did it for like over a year with a doctor's supervision. I mean, that's not contested. Um, what is remarkable though, is the ability to survive without water. Because science generally regards it without, you know, three days without water and in your, in your your risk of death, basically. Um, so during that period of two months without any drinking anything. And to be clear, just you, you told me that you drank nothing during those two month period. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Nothing. I guess to me, it was like at that point I had stopped eating and I wasn't losing any weight. So the next logical step was just to keep testing the theory and just stop drinking and just continue. So, so could you describe what
0: happened after you stopped drinking? Was there, um, what did you experience? Was there some kind of anything unusual that happened when you stopped drinking?
1: Um, I think my body had just adjusted to surviving on whatever energy it was surviving on, whether it be sunlight or, you know, like they talk about like prana, which is like life force energy or just belief. I just call it belief, (laughs) but yeah, no, no, no real change.
0: Okay. Now you, you mentioned a comparison with yourself, with being a vampire. Could you go into more detail about that?
1: Um, I remember past life experiences where, like, I'd, um, I've just, it, the, the, the word for it when you read, like, old texts and stuff is just being a vampire, where
2: um, you, you covet your physical body because you understand,
1: you just have a better understanding of how things work and you just become super covetous of your body and like, um, you just, you don't age. Like you literally stop aging. Okay. I've known people, uh, yeah. Now you mentioned earlier
0: on the text that the reason you stopped was because of ethical concerns. Could you share what you're talking about with that?
1: ethical being that I feel like we should be aging and that when you stop eating and drinking, like that's the path that you're going down is, uh, is I could, I call it becoming a vampire because that's what you're doing is you're using magic pretty much to to stop your aging process and to stop like consuming things.
0: So why, what do you think is wrong with,
1: with that? I don't, I don't believe that um, we should be, I believe that we should age, and then when you die, that you uh, you pass on to somewhere else. Like I basically believe in like a um, a spirit world that's almost just like us, almost just like this world, but just a little bit different.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I I, I also like ages I mean. All right. And I know I've been asking you lots of questions and and because that's just because I'm so curious about this and I don't want this to sound like it's a one way interrogation. Like I'm not here to interrogate you or anything like that.
1: You're you're free to. Um, no, 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 no. This conversation requires serious inquiry because it's a it's a thing that I'm stating that is scientifically impossible and I shouldn't be like, it's OK, whatever whatever questions you have.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I think it's great. I mean, personally, Yes, I think most people are not ready to necessarily be immortal physically, but you know, in the ideal situation if you are enlightened or if you are you know, attuned with the highest good, I mean, living a long life could in theory give you more uh, power to affect good upon upon earth right the longer you live
1: oh, I isn't just, it I find I mean yeah that's that's completely true I just I find um, that uh it's just being in a physical state is kind of painful and um, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to be immortal <laughs> I don't know just personally okay and I've Uh, I feel like our true form is actually in the astral because I can astral project and stuff and like I'm a really avid, like lucid dreamer and um, can get into that realm and tap into that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. it almost, it almost seems more real at times than this, than than, uh, like the physical state.
0: Well, I believe you. I mean, I regard there to be almost an infinite number of alternative planes and realities and dimensions and, Layers of reality that people are unaware of. I'm of the opinion that we live in a very abundant and diverse universe, and it's not about what is possible; it's more about what isn't possible. That's that's the framework that I like to live in—to come from a place of an abundance of of possibilities and potential. But ha- but having said that, I mean, just to refute what you're talking about, I mean, I certainly don't want you or anyone else to be feeling like they're experiencing any kind of pain just being in a physical body um i certainly don't i feel i don't feel any any pain by being in a physical incarnation and i think that if i if i don't feel any pain being in a physical incarnation then that means you i think you also don't need to feel pain being in a physical incarnation what do you think about that
1: i think that's a valid point but um I also feel like there's a reason almost that we feel pain here to an extent, and that um I don't even know almost this this seems like a place that's like very uh, easy to get lost in. So I feel like that pain is kind of grounding in a sense. I feel like there's like a balance that needs to be had between pain and uh and ecstasy, I guess.
0: It's very interesting that you mentioned that word balance, because I don't know if you've heard on, I mentioned before on one of my podcasts is that I have a very distinct opinion about the word <laughs> balance that maybe you might not agree with, but do um, you mind if I share it with you? Sure. I believe that balance is a Baphomet deception, that it's actually not even real that That balance has no significant role in anything in fact, in many cases it's not even achievable from the perspe- from the perspective that they talk about balance, in other words, trying to reach them but you know what though to be fair to you, I want to know your definition of balance um
1: I see chaos as an inevitability, so I guess if If there was a universe where everybody could never feel pain then that would be one that's almost completely orderly and eventually that state would decay back into into something that's painful okay well even more so
0: we are opening the door to a whole path of conversation right now but um i tell you what before we get diverted into this path because I know a lot of people are probably watching this video totally fascinated and can't even get over the concept of, of you not drinking water for two months. Um, And then probably people be saying he must be full of it, right? He, He must be a liar. I mean, I'm sure there's many people that would watch this video and think that either that, or maybe you're deluded, or maybe you imagined that you didn't drink water for two months because you're isolated, but, but really you
1: did. What would you say to those people? I would say, wake up, try it yourself. Um, and then the mother of their child is saying,
0: why did you tell him to try it himself? He's dead. Now you killed my son.
1: <laughs> I believe that this is a conclusion that over time, huh. uh, we'll come to as a as a species. Okay, so, all, right. all right. All right. All right. Well, we'll Don't try it now, but when So
0: do you have any evidence, any proof that you did what you did? Did you document it? Did you like do any video log or diary or
1: audio log or anything like that during this period? Um I remember enough to know that no, i, I didn't know i didn't record anything I, i've never felt the need to share this this is the first time i've ever shared this with anyone i just felt really inclined to do it um, and I'm, I'm happy you did and don't get me wrong
0: i'm not being critical of you and i'm not disbelieving you because I'm, i have a very open mind right and i want it to be true actually so i'm actually biased to believing you but um i know that from a scientific perspective they kind of need to have proof and they need to um So, I mean, this is like something big regarding science, right? So Uh,
1: this is never something that I would even consider taking to any kind of scientific community because it would just be completely blown off. And um,
0: Would you be willing to undergo a repeat of what you did under scientific observation?
2: No, definitely not. I don't feel like there would be any point in that. I would never, I would
1: never agree to that. Most okay. of some are recluse, but.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, do you have any, anything more you want to say on that part of things?
1: Anything is possible. You just got to believe in yourself. That's all I got to say. Well, well, okay.
0: During this time, I, I, I have to ask a question because this was mentioned to me on the Slack. So did you ever, you know, urinate or anything during this two month period or sweat?
1: Um, no, I don't, I don't really remember distinctly urinating, not really sweating. Uh, I I think my body just kind of reached like a point of like stasis almost.
0: Did you do any exercise during this period or were you like bedridden? Did you have
1: energy? Oh, no. Um, I do yoga every morning. And, um, I do calisthenic exercises and stuff. So during this two, two month period, what would you say
0: your daily routine? W- I'm talking specifically during the time you, we were not drinking water for two months. What would you say your daily routine was?
1: Um, just my normal daily routine. Uh, just getting up. Um, I do, I, I read a lot, getting ready for the day I read. Sometimes I do, like, some medial tasks for my grandparents and stuff. Um, I meditate. Um, it's mostly t- just a lot of reading books. Did you do any socializing? <laughs> Very mundane with, life.
0: Any socializing with any friends or anything like that?
1: I'm not. No, I don't I Don't really talk to. I don't, I don't have friends. Do you,
0: do you live near any town or uh, where you where you are?
1: Um the closest like big city is Knoxville, tennessee
0: how how well okay but, but during this two month period did you ever like go into town or do run errands that way
1: oh yeah i mean i like i, I mean i've driven i like drove around and stuff and just 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 normal monday and everyday life that's I, I don't do a whole lot um so if you were to compare your my life your... would be could, would be similar to a very, to an elderly person's routine like
0: <laughs> okay okay elder. what did you feel elderly
1: I feel very elderly um, I'm a very old old soul I'll say yeah okay, but when you
0: say elderly are you specifically referring to even when you're eating and drinking or just during that period when you weren't drinking
1: and drinking like yeah I just I live this a very mundane Pretty much my schedule follows the schedule of my elderly grandparents. So, okay, it's just very
0: okay. No, I, I'm just trying to get over this because if what you're saying is true and you did not drink for two months, right? But you're not really talking about a significant energy loss or
2: did you feel thirsty at all? No, did your
0: throat ever feel parched?
1: I mean, at first, when I stopped drinking, I felt a little bit thirsty, but after about like, probably like three or four days, it just, you don't really feel thirsty anymore. You're just kind of like over it. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it besides that. It almost feels like an addiction that you're like cleansing in in, in a sense and that your body isn't having to like run on something that it doesn't Mm -hmm. need.
0: All right, well to branch off of this topic um actually to branch further on, you mentioned that you don't think this is so unusual because you mentioned about the concept of breatharians. Do you want to elaborate on that? Do you know personally other people who
2: don't drink water?
1: Um not pe- I know uh, I know people that uh, don't drink water and only eat food that has the, but they still, the food has water in it. Mhm. That's the, that's the farthest I've seen other people go with that. I know people that have fasted for long periods of time, but, um, and I've known people that have told me that I could, I could not drink water, but I don't actually personally know another person that has foregone water for that long besides stories that I've read and stuff.
0: Mm. So this could be your chance to be
1: famous. I don't want to be famous. I do not want to be famous. (laughs) (laughs) I hope if there's anybody any kind of person that has a social pull listening to this don't want to be famous. Uh, it's this is all lies. <laughs> I'm making this all up.
0: <laughs> okay. But you're not really lying though. No. That's what you're yeah. claiming.
1: I'm really just a psychopath, yeah. Like I actually just stopped eating and drinking for a while. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Well anyway, um I'm not saying I'm trying to make you famous. I just wanted to get your reaction to that part. <laughs> no, I mean I generally believe you you don't seem to be the type that is looking to get attention. Yeah, like you
2: said you're pretty much a hermit.
1: I just I'm just trying to figure out the limits of reality, I guess. It's kind of my thing.
0: All right. Well, just to branch off um, and if anybody watching this has specific questions that you want me to relay to Sam, um, you can um, put them in the comment section and uh, I could always message him and I could reply to comments on the, um, on the video. If you find this portion of the video lacking, I know there's not very much in the way of substantive proof or evidence that this is the case it's just one person's uh word which apparently now he's reversing his story because he doesn't want to be famous (laughs) but that's okay
1: the only person that has made these claims there's lots of occult books and stuff and there's there's even some modern books written about this that uh Hmm. you could you could reference but
0: okay okay one of the last questions here because i'm i'm just I don't have a, a list of questions prepared because I like to be spontaneous that way. But was there any specific thing that you did to get energy? Like, did you feel like you had to focus your mind in order to extract energy from the, your environment around you?
1: Um, so I, the way that I did it was just uh, sunbathing and just being out in the sun. I don't feel like it's entire. I feel like it's all just belief. But the belief that I chose to, um, to believe at that time was that I was getting all the all the nutrients, not even nutrients, but all the energy that I needed just from sunlight. So I would just, I was out in the sun a lot and would just, um, would just, yeah, <laughs> just absorb the energy. And also for moonlight, I've always believed that the moon has almost a balancing effect to the, the energy that you get from sunlight.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. okay. And what was the weather like? Was it very hot?
2: Um,
1: it was over a six month period. So it was, um, uh, it wasn't that hot during the time. It was into winter, so it stays pretty cold uh, from like, uh, like through March and uh, September through March stays pretty cold and then a little bit into the summer, I guess, but. We're into the spring.
0: Uh, all right, great. Well, I mean, I, I think it's great that you had the courage to come on this podcast and talk about your story. With that, however unbelievable it does and will sound to people, and uh, but you don't seem, from an outside observer, you don't seem like a liar to me. You don't seem like you're purposely trying to deceive anybody. I mean, it looks like you actually believe what you're talking about. And some might say, okay, well, maybe he believes what he talks about because he, you know, has some sort of you know, psychosis or something, but I, I, you don't look like a crazy person to me. You look pretty rational.
1: Um, I'm a shamanic practitioner. We have superpowers. Uh, they won't tell you that in school.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: All right, great. And of course, if you have, if you have any questions about me, I mean, I, I don't want you to feel like I'm asking all the questions. See, so we can take turns and you can, whatever we can do. Any, Back and forth like that.
1: I do have questions. Um, so, what's what's with the name Atma like Atma Boddha? Um,
0: well, that's a good and question. I mean, what happened for me a couple of years ago? I I had an experience of of crossing a threshold of illumination where after this happened, my mind was just always in bliss and like always in inspiration, like. Like an ecstatic state, like, and it became a permanent state of, of, of enlightenment or mastery, you might call it. And so, ever since that point, every second of every day has been in, in bliss, right? So it's in, in love, and, um, I mean, love not as often as bliss, but love usually. But through the heart, I have empathy. So just like you, I'm also an empath. I can experience other people's emotions and, and energies. And so that to me is a very real phenomenon that science has not yet recognized as even possible. I I think right now science regards empathy as something that's only picked up on through sensual cues, right? They don't even regard it possible that somebody's angry energy could affect somebody else
2: invisibly, that you would know that they're angry just by looking at their facial expressions. um how do you feel about that i mean uh,
1: I, I, i'm i'm a psychic uh of course you know science has always blown it off as a uh, as pseudoscience when um they could be looking into it or the, the like the the traditional scientific community has blown it off as pseudoscience when they could be looking into it a lot more and learning from it
0: mm. um so you regard it possible to experience what somebody else is feeling, like even if you were like blindfolded or something or
1: um yeah and i I've tested it uh to the extent like um uh like when i'm I, I've been around uh my grandparents and when they're experiencing certain pains like I can also experience that pain if I'm like in in deep into a conversation, or like really empathing with somebody, um, and even to that point of mastery, where yeah it, it's there's there's so much more to it than than meets the eye. <laughs> it's really an incredible ability that certain people have
0: and, and and from my experience, one of the worst parts about being an empath is when you're a child and you're growing up and you're trying to discern the difference between what other people are feeling and what you are feeling it could be very confusing right just to even formulate your own identity and and what's real and what's not real to you right um
1: yeah for sure and um it, it can be very confusing especially when you're like starting to develop those abilities to to differ, to differentiate yeah and you have to you have to really use a lot of discernment and it helps to have teachers for sure so that you can develop a sense of discernment with your empathy and stuff so when
0: you mentioned teachers did you have any teachers
1: uh yeah um my teachers are uh i'll name one of them you're in her group chat uh, lydia liddell she's a professional psychic and she helped me with a lot of my stuff but um i have hmm. a lot of teachers I, i've met a lot of really cool people over the internet and just we've had a lot of really deep conversations and uh I've learned a lot. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Have you mentioned to uh, anyone else about this? Um, you know, privately, in terms of you, you didn't drink anything for two months. Have you told very many people?
2: Oh.
1: Yeah. Uh, just over Discord and stuff. I've we've we've gone into the subject. I've mentioned it before.
0: And this happened two years ago, right?
1: That's what you're saying.
0: So over the, over the course of two years, if I may ask, how many people do you think you've told that you did this?
1: Not that many. I mean, I tell a lot of people that, uh, their food, you can, you can get whatever nutrient you want from any kind of food. Like I say that a lot. Um, I give people a lot of health advice, but I don't really talk about the times that I've fasted and stuff like that. Uh, I've just, I've always felt like it's so unbelievable that it it wouldn't be given any credit and it would just turn people away from anything else I'm trying to say to them.
0: Interesting. Hmm. Okay, cool. And I, I want you to be having a good time with this podcast. I hope you're not feeling uncomfortable or anything like that. And if you do, by all means, be free to just tell me because I'm not here trying to like pressure you or to like get you to be on here if you don't want to be or anything like that.
1: No, no, I I think it's I think it's good for me to talk about these things because sometimes I've even I start thinking I'm a little bit crazy. So I think just having conversations and stuff and I, I don't I don't think it can hurt even putting this out into the community to an extent so i feel i feel very comfortable and uh i like this podcast like I, I listen to some of the episodes and you talk to a lot of interesting people so it's like you know what why not come on here
2: <laughs> well i
0: i certainly categorize you as an interesting person for sure and um I, not to dive into a more esoteric concept but i'm really curious about your concept of balance because i um I want to know what you mean by that because you say the ethics behind you quitting doing the um doing this meant that it was is that related to balance and somehow
2: could you explain that um yeah i think for sure um so the reason that I quit specifically was because um,
1: I started having dreams. I think they were honestly past life memories of just like, uh, yeah, I I guess you could call them like even metaphors or other other realities of uh and and seeing what the ultimate effect of this was, and it leads to you're polarizing yourself to to one side of things and you're not having any balance with <laughs> I'm going to call it uh I guess hedonism or ab- abstinence versus hedonism mm. in that um not eating and drinking you're uh, you're, abst- you're, you're, you're abstaining too much
2: okay abstaining from something physical though right
1: just abstaining from the pleasures in life which i feel like is a lot of what eating and drinking so you started to miss you started to
0: miss the feeling of eating and drinking
1: i think so um it's also just just having these horrible like terrible nightmares of past lives and stuff where uh the 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 ultimate effect of it is that you, you become a vampire you don't want to be a vampire that's all I'll say <laughs> what
0: well, what do you mean by vampire exactly I mean it's it's I mean normally when somebody thinks about the concept of vampire they're talking about somebody with these long teeth that bite into people's neck and drink their blood I mean you literally were not that kind of a
1: vampire right um they they're more like shapeshifters in the sense um, but no, they're called vampires because it's basically like uh, you're, you you feed on other people's energies and stuff. And um, that's so, are you trying to tell are. us that your
0: grandparents are now older than they used to be because of? <laughs> anyway, bad joke. <laughs> you weren't draining the life force from your p- grandparents, were you? I don't think so. I hope not. No, I'm sure you probably were not But uh, but, but no, I mean. Some people might argue that there is an abundance of energy in the universe. And so, by taking that energy directly, could actually be more abundant and more free than actually eating meat or eating vegetables, which involves taking some other life. Right. So, somebody, some people might argue that it's actually more healthy to get your energy that way than by taking other lives whether it be animal or plants what would you be your argument to that
1: oh i i i definitely agree that we shouldn't be killing animals uh I, th- there's a there's a point of eth- there's a point where it becomes ethical like if you kill an animal when it's really old then it's probably ethical but um yeah, we. Should, it would be it would be a benefit to society if everybody stopped eating and drinking. <laughs> really, it would it would starve. It would it would solve starvation. So
0: I'm just wondering, ethically, you say, well, ethically, being a vampire is a bad thing, but it doesn't sound like you're really a vampire because vampires in the movies are about like harming people, right? So, I, I a vampire is a monster, so. What you're describing to me how is how would you say how would you compare that to being a monster it doesn't seem like a monster to me
2: um
1: this is just uh I don't know if if, if you would get into this topic but like spirit guides and stuff uh I have like a, a deep connection with with certain like consciousnesses and stuff and, and entities that I consider spirit guides but they just they just what was explained to me is that's just not a good thing to um, to to not eat and drink like that like it's it's breaking the laws of nature in a sense that you're just whose laws
0: (laughs) whose laws (laughs) who made those laws nature (laughs) so 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 i mean but isn't that like the ultimate ambition of humans is to like be overcoming of of nature in in a certain degree i mean that's how society is today right we've got factories we've got you know advanced farming techniques we've tamed nature and humanity has benefited from this taming of nature right if we were still hunter gatherers i don't think we would be able to have as huge of a population that we have
2: right now right um I mean, I guess some people are,
0: are arguing for fewer people on this planet. Some people think that they, there's too much, too many people. And that maybe there are some people who are actively trying to reduce the population in nefarious means. Um, But um, the fact of the matter is, I mean, if we did not subdue nature to some degree, humanity probably wouldn't be able to survive as a species.
2: It's just that the way that we've done it is, um, it's just, it could have been better. Like, uh, um, oh, uh, I'm kind of, at a loss of course,
0: of, of course it could be better. I mean, that's what the word innovation means. Right. But I mean, if you were to look at our lifestyle today, I mean, just objectively, and I know there's problems with, I'm not ignoring that there's suffering in the world I'm not ignoring the problems, but, the lifestyle people live today compared to, say, just a hundred years ago, even the richest person on the planet couldn't live as well as we do now. I mean, we have every all these conveniences, right? we got the internet. we got, you know, all these choices of food, all of, you know, got cars. We got planes, right? We didn't even have that a hundred years ago. So it's like we're able to travel in ways that we weren't able to do before, right? Even if you were really wealthy, it would take you a long time to circumnavigate the world by ship.
1: At what cost though? Um, Where has that led our society? And were we better off when we were just hunter-gatherers living in small communities and, you know, just surviving off the land?
0: Well, that's a good point, but I think there is a grander purpose to all of this because if you think about it, because things are all networked together now with the internet and we have a free-flowing exchange of information and ideas, if there was a way to attain liberation on a human perspective and have some sort of an ultimate philosophy whereby people could be liberated i mean this and now it's possible to communicate that message instantaneously all over the world where it wasn't possible before so so there's positive and negative with everything right i mean right now we have the capability i mean before if you wanted to learn under a master uh, uh, any discipline you would have to apply there would only be a limited number of applicants. I'm talking that master of painting, a master of music, a master of mathematics, right? If you wanted to study under the best, most learned people or the most wise people, there wasn't a way to decimate that information out there unless you physically went there to wherever part of the world that was. And you managed to gain admittance and acceptance into that apprenticeship or that master student relationship but now because of the internet there is no restriction on on knowledge and information people can learn anything about anything from the masters of their craft right so that that would be a positive perspective wouldn't you say
1: yeah for sure um but yeah um i feel like even the technology that we have today is a uh, is um could could be completely phased out if we understood uh like the true limits of, of our brains and our consciousness. Um, we could have literally a, a something just like the internet that we have today, but um, just through energy. Uh, so we- like the
0: next level of internet, like some sort of super telepathy of like collective consciousness and people communicating to each other without electricity it already
1: exists, it already exists, really, it's just um, the astroverse, and you can tap into that. But uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've always felt like the technology that we have has just led us away from, from trying to dig deeper into that that world.
0: Or maybe it's leading us towards that because before we didn't have evidence of supernatural paranormal phenomenon, right? But now we've got video cameras. Now we've got internet. So when miracles happen, people, millions of people could watch it live actually, right? Which we didn't have before. So actually this in turn could open the door to another level where where science can finally recognize, hey, there's more to reality than we even imagined. And here's
2: proof.
1: Sometimes it makes me wonder why we haven't already got to that point, almost as if there's been something holding us up, and i, I I've never really understood what that was, I guess um, Well, maybe it's, it just it seems like something that is so obvious um, that anybody could tap into really.
0: Well maybe but, they're um, just waiting for you.. <laughs> <laughs>
1: know a lot of people that have have tapped into it um yeah i have a reddit community of just people that astral project and like we do a lot of research on there and it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting to look at but
0: well one thing people don't realize is that in the scientific community it's never the community that comes up with breakthroughs every major scientific Um, Breakthrough has actually happened on an individual level. And many times a scientist could have been some sort of renegade like Nikola Tesla or something like that. The breakthroughs always come from the fringes of science. They don't come from the institution of science.
2: Why? Because it's all on the individual level. Institutions,
0: they like to be this group, right? They like to control everything, but the real breakthrough is they can't be controlled that way because it comes from a different source. It just, but it's human nature. I think they, people in positions of power, they want to control everything. They want, they want to be the ones that uh, can take full advantage of whatever breakthrough comes through. Yeah. So it's kind of like a game of cat and mouse. The universe finds ways to work around these oppressive
2: structures
1: well one day i might bring my research to the public but i've just i've uh, never thought it would it would it would be accounted for i feel like it'd be blown off i've seen it happen a lot of times with a lot of different psychics and uh what they call pseudoscientists that are just actual scientists
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah no i mean i i I totally hear you 100 percent but um yeah, this this uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. This is very interesting. I have and, a question uh, for you. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Why are you in China? That's a good
0: question. Um, it's a bit of a long story, but basically, at one point, I was in the Philippines and I uh, had a business there and things didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I trusted the wrong people to make a long story short. Like this, this was a number of years ago. Right. So I was relatively a fool compared to where I'm at now, but, um, but back then I trusted some wrong people and, uh, but I decided I didn't want to go back to America just yet. I wanted to stay in Asia just because I liked the adventure of travel and exploring new things. And an opportunity came up to, come to china so i did and then when i arrived in china for some reason i i never left i didn't expect to be here for so long but just certain things happen you know certain relationships happen to keep you here and then life just happens and i'm still here but yeah in the future i'm not going to be you know i'm going to be traveling more so
2: come back That's awesome oh. yeah
1: oh travel or maybe
2: Yeah, I
0: love travel. Now this covid situation it makes it so hard to travel. It's like normally I would like travel to Thailand during my holidays because I get like 2 months holiday right now per year. So but during that 2 month period I'm pretty much stuck in China because if I leave China, I have got to come when I come back, they want you to be 3 weeks in quarantine in a hotel. So which basically means I'm landlocked inside China if I so I can't travel like I used to
2: that's
1: uh that's 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 pretty crazy um it's it's quite the restriction i feel like yeah but understandable i guess
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but yeah what i was saying earlier about balance to me there's no balance it's either you're either on the side of truth or you're not it's either you're shining like the sun or you're not i mean to the sun there is no night to the sun there is no shadow as helen keller said with your face to the sunshine you can't see the shadows and so that to me means that there is no balance just about being as awesome as you actually are i see people as undercover gods with amnesia and and when they when they remember they'll remember there's no reason to suffer. There's no reason to be sad. There's no reason to have these ups and downs in life. That every day, every second of every day can be awesome.
1: Um, I guess it's like, for me, it always brings up the question of like, why do we have amnesia? And um, I can't remember things.
0: Because we like a good challenge wouldn't be as fun if we just emerged here and we already know everything it's like part of the challenge is it's like you're being parachuted behind enemy lines and and you have to f- figure out your mission and accomplish it even though at the start of the mission you don't even know what the hell's going on it's, it's like it's like god mode difficulty right
1: yeah for sure it's <laughs> a good analogy <laughs> You just pop in here, figure out the lore, do it all yourself. We're not going to tell you any of it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: So, but yeah, if you have any other questions, we're happy to, to uh, answer any question. And uh, I really respect your time and uh, I don't want to uh, feel like
2: I'm intruding on you in any way. Um, so, when you say that, uh, you're in like a
1: constant state of just bliss, and, um, are you, 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 what, what, what you're talking about? Um, like, how is that?
0: Okay, well, you've heard of depression. Uh, how has that right?
1: directly benefited your life?
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good question. You've heard of the concept of depression, right? Everybody knows what depression is, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, you people that's got doctors, they prescribe antidepressants. And, you know, apparently it's a pretty much a, a pandemic in a way. Apparently a lot of people are on these things. But anyway, the opposite of depression, in my opinion, is inspiration. Inspiration. If you are inspired, you're not depressed. You can't be depressed if you're inspired.
2: Does that make sense? I don't, I don't think I agree with
1: that. Okay. It does make sense.
0: All right. Well, so, so you think it's possible to be both inspired and depressed at the same time? Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, if, if I, how I regard inspiration is such a complete mind encompassing event, especially when talking about the inspiration of the absolute, that your whole mind just feels completely flooded with illumination. And there's literally no room for any sort of depression. So, so maybe this is a more extreme definition of inspiration than what you're talking about there.
1: Um, would you almost consider that like a moment of awe, like, um,
0: yeah, well, do you know the word samadhi? No, I don't know. Well, in yogic philosophy, samadhi is a state of, it's like the goal of meditation. It's like when you feel complete and one with the universe and you feel uh, unity. In fact, the word yoga actually means to unite with, in a like a form of symbiosis with, whether you call it the absolute, whether you call it God, whether you call it the ultimate, and so samadhi is when you are in that experience, and it's very, very blissful. You can look up the word too if you want. But what was your question again? Just so I make sure I'm not getting distracted.
1: Uh, how has being in a constant state of bliss, like, directly benefited your life? I guess.
0: Okay. Well, let's put it this way. To me, it's not only bliss, it's like an uninterruptible state of bliss, which is very significant because that means it doesn't matter what you do, you're always in that bliss. Whether you get whether you drink alcohol, whether you engage in some other activity, what even if you're in a life-threatening situation, to always be in bliss and and fearless. That there's literally nothing that can happen to interrupt it. So that's like an ideal that. I think is great. And I'm feel very grateful to, to have this as part of my
2: experience.
1: How do you feel about, um, so I've always just kind of felt like, I guess, like touching on the subject of balance. Mm -hmm. If we were always meant to feel like one way like that and, never having any challenge or anything to interrupt like that, that state, then why would the other side even exist at all? Um,
0: well, let me ask you a question. I mean, when, a when the baby chick, before it's, it's hatched, right. It's in the shell, right. And the baby chick, he has to break through that shell to actually enter into the outside world and to be a a chicken, right? Otherwise you're just in the shell. And so I would, I would use the same analogy with being born here on earth. It's like, we have to break through that shell on our own. And if let's say I wanted to help that chicken and I said, you know what? I feel so bad for this chicken. He's stuck in the shell. Let me, let me break that shell for it. I just killed the chicken because (laughs) it's during that experience of breaking through the shell that he develops the muscles that gives him the strength to be able to survive in the outside world and so my point here is that all adversity the reason it exists is the same reason a gym exists it's there to make you stronger
2: and without it we would be weaker and maybe we wouldn't even be able to survive Does that answer your question? It does. Um, I feel like, I don't
1: know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not talk about what I was just about to say. So um, I don't have any more questions. If you have any more questions for me, but... Well,
0: I mean, you, you could say anything you want. I want to feel like you're restricted or anything. I mean, if you, you, you could... You, you if you if you could say something controversial i don't care you could insult me i don't care nothing nothing can can make me feel bad
1: i just i guess i just remember so much that um it just seems like if you were comparing living on earth and incarnating on earth uh to a chicken and an egg uh I feel like it being inside the egg as a chicken wouldn't be as painful as it is um for certain people on earth mm-hmm. uh, I know people that have like just been here for been here for a really long time and just had to go through an amount of pain that just seems unnecessary to me to the extent it makes me weary of mm-hmm. being here at all
0: <laughs> well, that's the reason you're here in my opinion, (laughs) because maybe from wherever you came from, you're looking down like, you know, that's not right. I don't think people should be suffering like that. You know, let me go do something about it. You know, that's, that's, it's about being part of the
1: solution. It's like,
0: we are here for a reason. We can make things better.
2: We can have an impact so that people don't have to suffer the way that they've been suffering before.
1: I guess it I guess I, I I'm just I'm just uh playing into into fear a lot because um, I guess I I see uh a lot of the suffering here as almost like a lost cause in that, uh just to an extent that like it'll never be fully resolved and it it scares me a lot seeing how much how much pain people are in
0: well, being an empath, you can feel that pain, so I'm the same way, but trust me man i'm I, I post on reddit I feel the energy that's out there. jeez, some pretty tangible negative vibes going on but but you know that's why we're here, right to blast away negativity to be a force a champion of of all that's good
2: at least that's how that's how I how I see it.
1: That's, that's how I want to look at things. (laughs) That's, 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 it's such a good way to look at things for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, there's nothing stopping you. I mean, the only thing stopping you is you. That's always been my opinion since this uh, experience happened for me. I just believe it's people's misconceptions of themselves. That is their chief obstacle of progress. But when we expand our awareness of what it is that we can do and try to remove the, our, that, the self-limiting beliefs, we can become like the next level of who we're supposed
2: to be, like our most authentic self. But um, I know we've, we've had this podcast for quite a while. And uh, we
0: we could wrap things up too if you if you're feeling tired and or if you want to. You know, how are you feeling? Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm feeling it. my, my energy is kind of getting low, so I feel okay. like. Uh...
0: Well, I really appreciate you, Sam. I think you are awesome. I think that my gosh, so impressive! You're 20 years old. You got a whole lifetime ahead of you, and uh, I think things are going are much brighter than. You can see right now but i mean I, I see that you've got a bright future really i mean the world is your oyster i mean you've already done things if, if what you say is true right if what you say is true and i'm not i'm not trying to be naive here right because i recognize that what you say is true is pretty much goes against the laws of science but i mean if if what you say is true you've already accomplished in your first 20 years what very, very few people, if anyone, has done. So, certainly, I've never heard of a Westerner doing these things. The only thing I've heard about maybe is in India, of these yogis in the Himalayas, but I've not heard about an American doing that. So, that's something. So, if you can do that, I mean, that's...
1: What else can you do, right? That is the question. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm working on... uh levitating or spoon bending but like actual spoon bending i feel like that's the next step of uh breaking reality but <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: awesome and uh and i uh, um it doesn't end here too but anyway we'll, we'll go ahead and end the podcast thank you so much and uh we'll, we'll chat a little bit after the after the recording okay all right. Anyway, great, great talking to you, Sam, until until next time. Bye bye.